Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Started. <laughs> there we go. So today is September 28th, 2016, and we are on class number one. So, yeah. So, welcome. Are you excited? I am. Yes. Thank you very much. I am excited. Excellent. Very good. Looking forward to this for a long time. <laughs> Good, good. So, you know, what I like to start with is just letting you know that people who are drawn to taking this class, you know, on some level there's a reason. You're already ready and set to go. Um, You know, sometimes people question, you know, can I do this work? Can I really hear the animals? And the answer to that is yeah, because honestly, um, our souls, when they inspire us to have an interest or a curiosity in this or that, it's not like just dangling a carrot and not being able to do anything with that carrot. Our souls are inspiring us to actually become aware of this possibility or that possibility. So I always like to let people know, if you are in this class, you can learn how to do this. You wouldn't be here otherwise. Okay. I'm with you. I get that. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So you and I are both going to start with a very brief um, guided meditation because I want to help you learn how to get centered and present. Because being centered and present is very ideal to being in that kind of emotional or mental state in order to hear the animals. So it's going to apply to direct work with the animals as well. So the first thing we'll need to do is both of us just take a deep breath. Okay. And go ahead and get comfortable in your seat and allow your eyes to close. And as you inhale and exhale, I'm going to invite you to notice where your awareness is. What I mean by that is a lot of people tend to live life from their head, their mind, behind their eyes. They see life, they experience life from this area, they live life from this area, they talk from this area, they do motions with their body from this area. It's like the originating thoughts from this area is what allows us to, or what we choose, to you know, take action with our body. And there actually is another alternative location in your body that if you wanted to, you could actually live life from or hang out in more frequently. And that's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'm going to have you notice your awareness there behind your eyes. And I want you to imagine on every exhale of breath that you are bringing that awareness lower and lower. And our goal is to drop it like going down an elevator until it lands gently in our heart space. So this may take four or five breaths. You may do it quicker. You may do it slower. It doesn't matter the speed. The point is I want you to make it your intention to drop your awareness now. So I'm going to let you go at your own pace. I'm going to do the same here. When you feel like you've gotten to your heart space, I want you to stay there and just tell me out loud, I'm there. Very good. 
Now just observe what it feels like to hang out there. Your job is just to rest. You don't have to stick yourself like glue or a magnet. It's, it's just about resting in that space because our hearts love to hold us. It's just, you know, another chakra, another location, if you will, where we can choose to hang out. And I'll tell you, more often than not, our animal friends are hanging out here. And I'll tell you too, being an animal communicator will find you when you're doing a communication session with the animal in this space far more frequently than anywhere else in your body. So just observe, take another deep breath, feel what it's like to be there and see if you can put to words what it feels like to you. It feels um, like a stronger emotion. It feels emotional. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, it feels good. Okay. Good. Does and it... I feel just a lot of emotion. Can you identify by chance any of those emotions? Um, love. I feel a, a lot of love. I'm thinking of, you know, I don't know, if I know I'm not supposed to be using my head, but it's just my animals are, like, all around me by chance. Two of them, and I'm just thinking of just love, you know, like, um, when, I, when I love someone, that's where I feel it, um, and when I go to my heart, that's what I feel. I feel like genuine, pure, like light uh, connection and love. Nice. That's, good. Yeah. So good to notice. Gen genuineness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Excellent. So here's what I'm going to have you do now. I'm going to have you take another breath, and I want to see if you can drop even lower. It's kind of like to the area that's just a, a hair below your heart space, where instead of feeling love, you can kind of feel uh, a different kind of energy. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, because you know, it feels slightly different for all people anyway. But I want you to see if you can drop lower, hang out there, okay. and now what do you notice? I feel myself. I feel like my instinct. But you mean like lower into my sort of stomach area? You, you certainly can go that low, certainly. Yep. Do, are you feeling the love anymore or have you moved beyond that? Well, I, I dropped a little bit lower, like into, I thought you meant like into my stomach, but I can try it. I'll go. You want me to go lower in my heart? Yeah, lower in your heart, kind of like lower, like as if you were standing up straight and we're pulling towards gravity. You don't have to go as deep oh, as okay. your stomach. Just a little lower. I want you to step out of the emotion of love and just notice, is there any other energy or emotion? Light and it feels genuine to me. Good. It feels like a genuine space. Okay. 
And does it feel tight or expansive? Does it feel what? Tight or expansive? Oh, it feels expansive. Okay, good. And do you sense any... huge. It feels like my heart is filling up my whole entire body almost. Okay, okay, good, good. I mean, my heart feels like I, I never pay attention or have paid attention to this area of my body and it just feels like my heart is huge. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Definitely. Nice. See, there's more to us than meets the eye. We humans, yeah. I want you to listen to my words as you continue to hang out in this space. Okay? Because this is giving you the opportunity to become familiar with this. I'm going to call it the heart space, not the love space the heart space, okay? Um, okay? So as you dwell in the heart space, if more people dwelled from this space, can you kind of get an inkling of how different people would be rather than when if people are all choosing to live from their brains, their thinking mind? People would be very different if they live from their heart yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah. Now, tell me, as you're there sitting in there, do you notice any emotion of peacefulness or a state of peacefulness oh complete peace excellent this is the space you want to do your animal communication sessions from because when we are in a state of peacefulness we really don't have any strong emotions going on we don't have love happening we don't have the opposite fear we don't have sadness anger upset you know, joy. It's 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 kind of like a neutral space, or you could call it peaceful okay. space. When you're in a space okay. of neutrality, it's so easy to receive and sense energy from the animals because you are wide open. If you are communicating from your head, you have your own thoughts that get in the way, your own um, ideas about this or that, your own reactions to what an animal might say. And so that just muddies the waters and complicates things. But if you are operating from the foundation of neutrality and you just listen to what they say and you don't go to reaction, even if you disagree with it, and you just take it all in, you can hear it all. Does this make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. And it it feels completely different from my head. I I completely am with you, yeah. (laughs) Excellent. So what you may find as we go through these 10 classes is there's going to be times where at the beginning of a communication session, I'll remind you, drop down. And what I mean by that is always drop down to this space. Again, go lower than the love aspect. And we'll talk about why in a little bit. So um, if you find during the middle of communication session you're not hearing an animal or you think that you're getting frustrated or you're confused, double check where you're at. Nine times out of ten, humans didn't realize they jumped back up to their brain. And all you need to do to get back to this low space is to take another deep breath and bring yourself back down. It's as simple as that. We are so used to living in our minds and our brains that we are you're probably going to experience a frequent jump up and it may you may even miss doing it like seeing yourself go through the process of jumping back up but you'll be able right. to catch yourself and say ha huh, where am i right now and you'll be able to feel where you're at because the distinction of feeling where you're at now compared to your brain 
is really very different. Yes, it is different. Yes, it excellent. Is. Right. Very good. Okay, so right. let's complete our meditation. So from this neutrality space, I want you to imagine that you have tendrils of white light, which are like roots that grow out through the bottom of your feet, that go into the floor, mm-hmm. into the earth, and wrap gingerly and gently around the core of planet earth. And allow that to just ground you. To be grounded means to be present here and now on planet Earth, fully in your body. We as communicators want to do this work while fully in our bodies. There are other types of intuitive works um, that require us to sidestep or be halfway in and out. That's not what we're doing. We want to be fully present, as present as the animals are when they talk to us. So, last thing, go ahead and just imagine your own energy expanding through the top of your head, out into outer space. Connect with the divine realm. Connect with everything 360 degrees around you. This is an exercise in expanding yourself. When you expand yourself, you you, you help yourself stay anchored in this space of neutrality. It makes it easier to stay there because you're reminding yourself that you're connected with everything. The earth, which is the physical plane, the divine, which is above you. Well, it's really all around us and all directions, which acknowledges your connection with all of life. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and open up your eyes, but do your best for the entire hour to stay in this heart space. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. So um, we're going to go ahead and move on to the document that I sent you called Pointers to Enhance Interspecies Communication. You know what? I, have a, I couldn't open. Oh, you couldn't open but it? I could open your picture, and I could open the... Uh, but I, I couldn't... I don't have that document. I have, instead of that, that document, I have an emoji, which is a smiley face. Okay, so you must not have, so I have OpenOffice, which is, um, it's not Microsoft Office, it's the free version that anybody can get online, no worries. Microsoft, I have Mac, so I wonder if it... Oh, okay, no worries. Well, what I'll do is, I want to read through this today, Um, it's fine, you can listen as I read, and what I'll do is I'll copy and paste all the verbiage into an email later today, and send it off to you that way. Okay, so this is created was created by Penelope Smith, who's a well-known animal communicator. It's also found in her book Animal Talk. When she started teaching students how to communicate back in the 70s, she found that it was like really walking them through mud because they had no foundation of certain basic ideas that she was, you know, gifted with, born with, that she thought all humans knew. And you really need to know these basics is what she, you know, realized in order for you to communicate and, you know, communicate in a fairly quick pace. So she ended up downloading this information or channeling it from the divine and she started presenting it in in her classes and what she found is students were able to pick it up much more quickly. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read through each one of these bullet points. I believe there's about eight. And um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about each one and why it's important and what you need to know in order to create your own strong foundation. If you have questions along the way, let me know. So number one, more than any other factor, your attitude towards animals influences how receptive you are to their communication and how willing they are to communicate to you. You want to respect and revere animals as fellow beings, different in physical form than you but of the same spiritual essence and potential. 
If you approach animals with condescension, thinking they are inferior in intelligence, awareness, or just substandard in any way, you actually limit your ability to perceive and understand them as they truly are. As you increasingly see and treat them as fellow intelligent beings, however, you begin to allow them to express themselves more deeply and fully to you, and your relationship develops, matures, elevates, and expands. Focusing only on the biological aspect of an animal, their body, while fascinating and wondrous in itself, can place you in the ruts of conventional notions and inhibit true seeing of the spiritual essence and wisdom behind the physical form. Admiring an animal's spiritual qualities such as sincerity, trust, love, devotion, honor, patience, etc. will help to transform your whole relationship, enhancing the two-way communication and understanding between you. You want to be humble and receptive and allow animals to teach you. So that's the first Just bullet point. Let you know, I got this. I got you. I'm, I open, it opened. Oh, fantastic. I'm, with you. I'm reading with you, okay? Excellent. Yay. Oh. All right. So my thoughts on this after, after that bullet point. It's important when talking to an animal, Tracy, to let go of preconceived notions such as all thoroughbreds are this way. All pit bulls and Doberman pinchers are that way. All Siamese cats are very vocal cats. All, you know, um, Doberman pinchers are guard dogs. You know, when we go, we as a communicator go into a session with an animal because or based on the idea that they're going to be this way or that way, what we do is we stay sticking in our brain. And those ideas really um, prevent us from being as low as we can and dropping from that space of neutrality and really hearing who that animal is. Because you know what? I've met Siamese cats that are silent as anything, and they don't fit the typical breed standard of being very vocal. I've met thoroughbred horses that are that are as calm as anything, and they don't fit the typical breed idea of being very hot-headed. Okay? Okay. So you got to let go of all that stuff that society, maybe even your own experiences, taught you. Because that's not the full gamut of who animals are. What I like to do for myself and students is, is kind of think, you know what, think about humans. You may have humans that resemble each other in race or social background or even maybe you know how they were raised or life experiences. And yet, the way they think and their unique personalities are going to be vastly different from each other. If you go into a communication session with an animal, keeping in mind that, hey, I know nothing about this animal. I know nothing about this pit bull. I know nothing about their personality or how they react to strangers or to their own family. If you go in with a clean, blank slate, you will hear everything that animal wants to tell you. Okay? Very good. Okay. We also need to make sure that as a communicator, we let go of whatever the animal is doing physically. Um, when we're doing the communication session because sometimes what people and I'll tell you people or non-communicators do this all the time um, They'll look at a, bo- a body language of an animal and they'll say oh that animal's thinking this or it's saying this with its body mm-hmm. language And that may be accurate or it may not or it may only be the tip of the iceberg, but not the whole picture Okay, yeah So what I encourage communicators to do is, again, okay, so we want to go in. Sure, right now that dog is laying in the corner and he's quiet. We cannot assume he's sleepy because, you know what, unless we ask him, why are you laying like that, 
He may not tell you anything about being tired or sleepy. He may say, I'm in grief because my best dog friend just died yesterday. Or I have a headache. Or my stomach hurts, so I'm laying down to preserve energy. They may tell you something completely different outside of okay. what you might have ordinarily thought. Okay? Okay. So don't let their actions limit what's really going on. Just drop down into your heart space and ask. Okay. All right, number two. You want to believe in your own intuitive ability to give and receive telepathic communication. Don't invalidate your perceptions of impressions, images, or messages in any form. So for this point, you know, I really do honestly believe all people are born with this ability to be intuitive. Um, it may not be our primary way of communicating because, you know, we weren't raised to really, you know, strengthen our intuitive listening muscles, you know, our intuitive muscles paying attention to energy. We were never taught the exercise to drop down from your brain into your heart space. Right. Nobody told us that. And unless we have guidance, we don't always know to check it out ourselves. It's not even a thought in our mind, right? Right. So um, know that you're born with it, I'm born with it, every human is pre-wired to do intuitive work, but we often need a teacher or guide to kind of help, you know, activate those because they're not the most loudest uh, channels in order to live life from. Our louder channels are our five senses that you learned in science class. Touch, taste, smell, uh, hearing, and um, the one I'm missing. Uh, sight. <laughs> okay, that's where we generally live life from, those five senses and up in our brain. But there actually is another way, and that's what we'll be exploring through these ten classes. Okay. I will tell you that sometimes people's own uh, fears come up when they do this work. And what it looks like is people will be like, okay, Danielle asked me to ask this animal a question. I feel I got something from the animal. And now I have to say it out loud. And that's where their fear will sometimes come up. They'll say to me, I feel really uncomfortable telling you this because it may be wrong. And what I want to say to you right from the get-go is know that every communicator who learns this work through another person, in other words, you're not a Penelope Smith who's been doing this your whole life. It's not in innately natural to you. You're going to find it uncomfortable to begin with. And that's normal. And it's common. And it's fine. And when you encounter that, I want you to say to yourself, oh, yeah, Danielle Danielle told me I'm going to be uncomfortable, and yet I'm going to say it anyway. It's kind of like walking through that discomfort. If you're willing to do that, what you do is you step outside your zone of comfort, and you begin to explore what else is possible for you, in this case, in communicating with animals. It takes you beyond the circle of what you know in this life. If you imagine your life right now, Tracy, um, being represented by a circle, and you're standing in the center of it. Everything within that circle is everything you know or you think you know. Right. About yourself, about animals, about animal communication, about me, about whatever. What we want to do, though, in this work together is have you step outside the circle. Outside the circle is unknown. It's full of things that you may question. Is it really true? Is it not true? Is it valid? Is it not valid? Because you really don't have a frame of reference for it at this point. And yet, I want you to be like an explorer. I want you to notice, wow, okay, I'm outside the circle. I don't know what this is. I'm not sure if it's right, but I'm going to say it anyway. And allow me, the teacher, to help you know, yes, that's correct. No, that's not correct. Because it's okay. so valuable to have both the yes and the no in order for you to, over time, start to sense the energy of what accurate information and inaccurate information feels like. 
and you cannot develop that sense unless you step outside that circle and you get some accurate and inaccurate stuff. So know that it's all good, but be willing to step outside, okay? Okay. Is the discomfort about possibly being not right? That's it. That's it, exactly. Okay. And some people are so... um, Oh, uncomfortable with the possibility of being wrong, that's a bigger struggle for them than somebody else. Okay. So what I'm telling you is it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong because with every right or wrong answer you get, you develop that sensitivity to sensing accurate information as right or wrong. So there actually is a purpose for getting it right or wrong. You actually need both worlds. If all you ever did was sense information from the animal's right, accurately accurate then the moment something untrue comes in or that animals telling you a fib or a half truth you're not going to be able to sense it because you haven't experienced right. that which is wrong for yourself feel, feel different. <laughs> yeah okay okay all right and also with number two what we're doing is light and fun we're not doing any diagnosing and i would encourage you to say to future people if you choose to take this out into the world beyond your animal family someday if they say, oh, can you tell me what's wrong with my sick pet? You need to say, I am not a vet. I can't not diagnose, treat, or prescribe. With that said, I'll relay to you what I am sensing from them and what they're saying, and you can take that to your vet, and hopefully they can do something with that. But I am not a vet. You need to say that so that you are letting them know where you stand and so you don't get sued. Okay? Uh, that is really good. I bet you get asked that a lot. And that is- oh, yes. And, I, and I'm up front with them about that. And people get it. They really understand. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, number three. Be ready, receptive, mentally quiet, and alert. If your mind is busy, full of thoughts and background static, you can't listen and receive. To get to this state may take considerable practice and changes in lifestyle. Avoid substances and environmental conditions that dull the mind or make it too agitated. Adopt habits that reduce stress and increase calmness. And these are examples. This doesn't fit for everybody, but like balanced food, exercise, rest, yoga, meditation, quiet time with your animal friends, or an out in nature. So what I tell people is you know yourself best. You know that which brings you peace, calm, and that nurtures you. And everybody has their own list. There's some commonality between us. Certainly high-quality food, um, you know, foods that are healthier versus chemical-laden are generally going to affect your instrument, which is your body, in a different way than chemical-laden foods, than sugary foods, okay? There tends to be a general, you know, everybody's the same that way. Um, If you fine-tune your physical instrument, in other words, take really good care of it, then that instrument is going to help you mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to access the animals more easily. You can still access the animals with a sick body, but it's easier when you feel good, right? And healthy. Yes, definitely, yes. Okay. Absolutely. So um, what I tell people is, you know what? When I have a headache, I can still do my client sessions as long as it's not a migraine. I can still work, drop down low enough, which actually during the, the session, if it's a light enough headache, I, I don't even notice the headache until my session's over and I pop back in my head. Okay, it's very interesting like that. Um, if it's yeah. a migraine, I will reschedule. Okay. Yeah, those are bad. I get those once in a while too. Those are 
Those are doozies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and your physical instrument at that time is being influenced in such a way where it makes it harder to drop to that space of neutrality. So set yourself up for success, take good care of your body, lower your stress where and when you can, um, and know that the world is not to be fought. Some people are like, oh, I can't go out into the world because I sense everything. You know what? The world is there. Every person, object, situation, good and bad as defined by us, is really there to help broaden your viewpoint, to help you become more neutral to that, you know, whatever's happening. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it or like it, but it is helping you to become more neutral. Um, and what I say to people, and in the case, I, I think I recall you, I'm telling me you were sensitive to energy, energy of other people. Am I correct, Tracy? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. So there's two ways people tend to approach it, and I'll give you both methods. You can see what fits you better, what resonates with you better. Um, some people will put white light around themselves and, you know, just say uh -huh. a prayer, ask that they be protected from that. I used to do that. These days, what I do, because it resonates more with me with where I am, who I am right now, and this may or may not for you, but instead I've realized that, you know, in reality, all energies are neutral, and it's only my own thought or spin on what I've decided is good or bad for me, that I, you know, if I decide it's bad for me, then what happens is, energetically, emotionally, mentally, and physically, I contract against that thing that I decided I, I don't like, and it's like contracting tighter. And it puts some um, resistance into my body and into my energy field. And then all that energy that I decided I don't like feels very um, palpable <laughs> to me. And I feel like i got to run away from it. Whereas if I take on the point of view, oh, there's that energy of you know, anger, for example, that that person is tossing at me. I'm going to take a deep breath as they be angry, drop down from my head into the space of neutrality. And from there, I'm just going to be neutral, and I'm going to be peaceful, and I'm going to allow their anger to walk through me as if it was a breeze passing through my cells. It doesn't stick. It doesn't repel. I'm not cringing against it, contracting against it, or fighting it. And therefore, I'm not utilizing my energy to fight it, which is what drains you and makes you tired. Mm -hmm. It's your own you resistance that makes you tired. Let it be Exactly. No, I, I, yeah, I understand that. Just it has to be because you're not controlling it and just let it go. Yeah, and you know what? The you're, energy. You're, what you, yeah. And the energy from all other beings is fine because you know what? In that being, somewhere within that being is the divine, just like the divine is in you. You know? All right, so two approaches, something to keep in mind. Alright, so let's see, what else? I personally stopped watching TV after I started learning, learning animal communication and only put in, you know, uh, CDs and DVDs that made me feel good. Um, I don't watch TV, I don't watch commercials, I don't watch um, those things that just irritate me, annoy me, because obviously I'm not to the place yet where I can be neutral with those, so I'm not going to set myself up for failure by experiencing those emotions by watching the news, for example. I am not evolved enough yet to be neutral and watch the news, so I don't put it in my experience. Okay? I put really, into my I really like that a lot. Yeah, I put into my pot or my pot of life that which is soothing and nurturing. Uh, for me, that's having plants around the house. That's having sunlight and windows open. You know, sunlight for me is huge at, at balancing, rebalancing, and nurturing me. I take walks. You know, um, 
being out in nature for a lot of people tends to be a common thing that rebalances them. You know, that just kind of helps you shake off any lower vibrational energies you may be thinking or have picked up from others, you know. Yeah. So do whatever That's creates recharging. ease. Yeah. All right, number four. I love that. That's all of that. Excellent. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And just a tidbit too, if you find that there is something that's bugging you, irking you, that you, you feel like, you know, I got it, for me it used to be doing the dishes. I detested doing the dishes by hand back when I didn't have a dishwasher in an apartment. And so one of the ways I was like, okay, I was taking the, I was learning how communication. The teacher said, if you have something stressful in your life, see how you can make it less stressful. Even if you can't make the stress 100% go away. So I asked myself, how can I make doing dishes, yeah. you know, less taxing? And what I realized was that I love to read. And if I played a book on tape, not music, but a book on tape, yeah. I got so caught up. I used to do the, listen to the Harry Potter books on tape. I oh, got great. so caught up in the story that I didn't care about doing the dishes. It was like mindless, and I enjoyed the experience. It wasn't like work. Exactly, because I wasn't paying that much attention to it. <laughs> So, um, lighten for yourself. You really calm, calm. You make everything calm. Yes. As you can. As you can. When you can. Oh. Yep, yep. As you can, when you can. Because if you start increasing more calmness in your life, you're going to be calmer physically, mentally, emotionally, and, well, spiritually kind of takes care of itself. But those other three main areas... And it's going to make it a lot easier to hear and sense the animals on a more regular basis. A nice way to live. Yes. Good for you, good for them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. All right. So number four, cultivate flexibility, a willingness to learn from all beings and to change your ideas. Watch for judgments and preconceptions that limit receptivity to what the animal's really communicating. Be open to surprises, the unexpected. Let go of conventional notions of human-animal communication. Be ready for animals to communicate and question them on any level, from what food they like to what they can teach you to improve your life to what they consider the most profound truths. So for number four, I always like to point out, animal size and intelligence has no correlation. So I was taught by my science teachers in grade school that, you know, animals with complex brains, monkeys, um, you know, the dolphins, the whales, you know, had more capacity to be intelligent than, say, an animal like an ant or a honeybee, where their brains were just a bundle of nerves and very tiny. And I bought that hook, line, and sinker from my teachers, and then I started learning animal communication, and I experienced that that's not so. You can have 10 honeybees, and if you communicate with 10 worker honeybees, you're going to find everything from the super wise bee to the simple minded bee at the other extreme and everything in between. And that's the same with humans, isn't it? Super wise human, uh, yeah. super simple human, and everything you in between. Just before, just like human. Yeah, you can do that for 10 horses, 10 dogs, 10 bunnies, 10 hamsters. It, you know, so I tell people you got to, if you want to be a good communicator, toss out preconceived notions about breed about social, you know, actions with people, pit bulls, for example, and intelligence. Let that go. It has no bearing in the real reality of things. <laughs> okay? Okay. All right. Five, be emotionally peaceful. Having an emotional investment in what animals say to you or how they should be can influence what you receive. If you require that animals like you, 
or be affectionate before you can communicate with them. This can disturb them, block their true feelings or ideas, or cloud your receptiveness to them. In working with improving your two-way communication with animals, don't flood animals with emotion, whether it's love, fear, sadness, or anger. Because if you are putting out strong emotion, you are generally not receptive to anything else, and you'll get back only your own emotion or the animal's response to it. So you know how you were feeling that love at one point in your heart? That's a beautiful place to be, and I encourage you to check that out, hang out there more often, you know, just as an independent exercise for yourself. But you don't want to communicate from that space because when you're emanating love, you are doing something. And if you are doing something, it's kind of hard to pay attention to something coming back to you that's very subtle, that's very light, such as a thought or a feeling or emotion from an animal. Because your own doing something from your own being is louder than the thought, feeling, or emotion they're sending you. And you're probably not going to pick it up. You're going to miss it. So that's why I had you drop down further to that space of neutrality, which is that open, spacious spot where you have no, you know, no emotion really going on other than peacefulness, neutrality, and you can now become an astute observer of anything coming in your way. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Good. I was thinking maybe if I, you know, were in the love space, like I was mentioned, that that may even come back to me. Yes. If I were operating from that, I guess. I don't know. Yep. It may come back to you at the exclusion of everything else. Right. That, that, yeah, that just was a thought that occurred to me. So yep. that, that's the space that I'm going to have to probably work to stay. Yeah, and you know, we all do that. I had to do that too as a beginner. And and you will experience being in that heart space more and more and it'll become more natural to you over time. It's just like anything else. You, you, you learn how to ride a bike. You're going to fall the first few times, make mistakes, get back on. You try it again and then it kind of becomes second nature and then you never lose it again. Okay. All right, number six. Be alert and calm. Don't force the communication or try too hard. Notice your body posture and tension. Leaning forward over the animal, straining forehead or facial muscles, breathing shallowly, tightening hands, manipulating or controlling the animal. Instead, you want to shift into the receptive mode with your body. Lean back. Open chest and hands. Breathe slowly, deeply, relax, and listen. So number six is all about how to hold your body when you're in communication with an animal, whether the animal's in front of you physically or you're working through a photograph. Same thing. Oh, okay. Because um, here's the thing. If you physically relax your body into a posture that feels comfortable and relaxed for it, then you begin to emotionally, mentally, and energetically relax as well. Your energy field relaxes. So you relax physically. Your energy field relaxes. It's more easy to drop down into that heart space, and it's more easy to stay there and listen. The moment you contract by, for example leaning forward, trying really hard, you know, for browing or taking your brow and furrowing it, you know, because you're trying to think or grab that information okay, from the animal. Okay. You are putting strain under your body and you just tighten or lock up everything else that it affects. Okay? Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Sure. Yeah, we got to relax. <laughs> All right. So number seven, let communication assume its own form. Whether it's feelings, images, impressions, thoughts, verbal messages, sounds, other sensations, or simply knowing. 
You want to get familiar with how you receive, so you recognize it and let it and other avenues open up. Let the sense of meaning unfold by itself. Don't analyze, evaluate, or criticize. Remain innocent and non-judgmental. Accept what you get and acknowledge the communication. And if in doubt, relax and ask again, but don't keep doubting or refusing to accept a communication impression where you build your own walls. Be willing to take risks. Don't be afraid to acknowledge whatever communication you get. Don't worry about what other people will think, or here's the, here's the clincher, Tracy, or even what you will think. Okay, that right there, we were talking about that fear that sometimes comes up for some beginners. Um, don't worry about what your mind thinks. Don't worry about that fear. Just walk through it and tell me anyway. You're going to get farther if you tell me. <laughs> All right. So um, the more we practice this, talking with animals, the more it starts to repattern you. The easier the pattern gets, the easier it becomes, you know, natural, and it starts to have a snowball effect. In the beginning, you're probably only going to get a word or two or an image or two, and it doesn't even matter how little or how big the intuitive impression is that comes your way. I just want you to notice and observe whatever it is and give it to me, raw and organic. Raw and organic means it, you give it to me as you received it. If it was just a color, you give me just the color. If it was just a word, you give me just the word. You do not try to allow your thinking mind, your brain, to offer you insight or information or interpretation about it. Don't let your brain tag on anything extra that wasn't the raw organic material you received. Does that make sense? Yes. Don't paint the picture. Yes. Just give you the word. Okay. Yep, because yeah, if you do that, it pulls you off easy track. Easy to do, yeah. It, it takes you away from the truth, the core truth of what the animal just gave you. And I can't tell you how many times beginners start off, they get the real core truth, and then they add on to it, um, and then right. now they're they're totally off track. <laughs> right, that would be easy to add on. You yeah. Know, a car, maybe you would think, oh, the, the animal's afraid of cars, or just tell you car exactly or, that's your job right. right here right now and i will teach you how to get more above and beyond one word as we go along but we got to start out at you know the, the beginner steps all right so okay. number eight you want to practice with a wide variety of animals in various situations step back from your normal routine and expectations and be willing to learn and discover and of course have fun do you have any questions i just I have a question. I was thinking about this a little bit last night, and I've worked with a few psychics before, and I just want to kind of confirm this with you. The, the avenue that we're going as animal communicators is a completely different avenue than how they work or get their information. Is that fair or correct and not necessarily. So um, think of the word intuitive or intuition. That's a very large, broad uh, term, okay? And underneath intuition yeah. are different fields of study or niche areas. There's animal communicators. There's uh, mediums, which are people who talk with deceased loved ones. And you've got right. those that talk with spirit guides, those that talk with angels, those that channel. So think of that general term of intuition can branch off into many different areas. As an animal communicator you are receiving intuitive impressions, but so are all the other niche areas. Now, how each okay. individual human receives may differ from human to human, and that's what we're going to go into talking about next. 
there are five common ways that, you know, many, most um, intuitives, communicators included, receive their intuitive information. And there are other ways as well, but these are the most common ones, so I'll talk about these. So, um, the five senses, you know, you learn those in school, we talked about that. So, your sense of sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. Okay, in the physical plane, we were taught by our teachers and our parents to notice how the cat moves. What sound does the cat make? I think all parents teach us to the kid, what does the cat, what does the cat say? And the kid goes, meow, meow, okay? So we were taught the very physical, mundane, using our voice, using our listening skills with our ears, um, touching. What does that texture feel like compared to that? We were inundated with learning how to interpret through our five physical senses. Okay, so the only difference between somebody who's intuitively receiving information and somebody who's paying attention with the five physical senses is that an intuitive is skilled enough to sense the subtle sights, smells, sounds, uh, hearing, and uh, the other one I'm missing, touch. Um, they're, they're feeling and sensing those things there in their heart space in a way that is much more subtle. Let me give you an example. So if I ask you right now, with your eyes opened or closed, doesn't matter which, imagine seeing a polka-dotted elephant. Okay. Can you get an image of a polka-dotted elephant in your mind's eye? Yeah. Yeah. It may not be the most crystal clear, you know, photograph quality image. My, my images certainly are not. It doesn't really even matter, but you've got the general outline of an elephant. You've got polka dots right. on it, and there you go. Okay, so images receive, we receive from the animals come through just like that, okay? You see, you're already pre-wired to receive intuitive images, impressions through the, the sense of sight. You just haven't been told by your parents and your teachers. Pay attention to those, you know, sudden images you get in your mind's eye that kind of come out of the blue, you know? Pay attention to those. Nobody ever taught us that. So I'm telling you from here on out, pay attention to those things. They're coming from somewhere. They may be coming from your own brain, your own thinking mind offering you insight or information. Or it may be coming from another human. It may be coming from somebody in spirit. It may be coming from an animal. Okay? And at this point, it doesn't even matter. We're not, we're not yet at the point where we, we need to know where that came from. I just want you to know that from here on out, give yourself permission to start paying attention to your inner sight world. Okay? So that's sight, hearing. If you've ever had, you know, um, a thought pop in your mind seemingly out of the blue, okay, where you're like, where'd that come from? And you know, you weren't thinking it yourself. Um, that's another example of receiving a word or a thought from the, the higher realm of hearing, okay? You're already pre-wired for that too, and there's proof, <laughs> okay? Um, all right, all right, okay. So and and stop me if if something's if you, if you disagree stop me if you disagree because I I need to show you this is really is what so okay no I sometimes I wonder because I do get you know things that pop into my head and I wonder is this my thought or is this a thought from somewhere else or something else so no I know what you're talking about Excellent. I'm just not able to differentiate yet. Right, right, right. And I wouldn't expect you to not at this point. First, I'm showing you the foundation of what is so, so that you can start to develop a solid, oh, okay, at least I, I know the basics. Now we can grow from there. So if you think about your sense of smell, if you imagine your favorite flower smell, 
you know, and you imagine with your eyes opened or closed what that could smell like, would smell like if it was there in front of you, you're going to be sensing through the higher sense of smell. The smell isn't going to be audible through your nose. It's not that physical because it's not physical in front of you. And yet you can still get an inkling. Lilac flowers for me are my favorite. I can get an inkling, a memory, if you will, of what that smells like intuitively. Okay. Sense of taste. Imagine tasting your favorite food. Your mouth will probably water in reaction. Okay, that right there, your physical response of your, your body watering, your mouth watering, or if you imagine something that will really make it water like a something sour, a lemon. Okay, right. That is your body responding to what it believes is true or real. Thoughts are true. Well, thoughts not all thoughts are true. Let me correct myself. Thoughts are real. Thoughts are palpable. Thoughts are energy. They are a lighter form of energy than the physical computer in front of you, but they're still energy. And bodies respond to energy, okay? Um, and then you've got your sense of, what have I missed? Um, touch, okay? So to feel touch um, on a higher level, uh, there's a couple different ways. You can either get a feeling in your body, a sensation in your body, like your shoulder, your right shoulder may suddenly ache when it wasn't aching before, and that may be the animal trying to imply, hey, I've got a hurt shoulder. Okay. Um, sometimes uh, communicators will instead receive a sense of knowing. It's like, you know, I don't know how I know what I know, but I know it. Okay, so that sense of knowing comes through that higher level sense of touch. So you really are pre-wired to do all this. I'm just inviting you during this course to start paying attention to the subtle energies of those five main senses. Does this make sense? It does, yeah, it does. Good. Um, and we'll talk briefly about one of the ways that accurate information from an animal comes your way is that it arrives suddenly out of the blue. It just, it wasn't there one minute, suddenly it's there. Another way I'll describe it is it bubbles up. Again, it wasn't there one moment and there it just arrived. It just bubbled up. It's just suddenly presenting itself to you and you suddenly notice it. Okay. Um, inaccurate information generally doesn't take that kind of um, method or uh, procedure. It doesn't usually arrive like that. Okay, so we're going to do an exercise now with my cat, Lyra, who I sent you a photograph of, and we're going to practice sensing energy. We're not going to do an animal communication talk with her. We'll do that, you know, class two and on. I just want you to practice sensing energy because there is information held within energy. So this is a baby step before we get into communicating, but it's an important one. So I'm going to guide you just follow along. You don't need pen and paper for this. I want you to close your eyes. Okay. And I want you to tell me right here, right now, as in this in this one second that I'm asking you, where are you? Where's your awareness right now? In your brain? Lower or someplace else? I'm putting it into my heart. It's in my, it's in my heart space. Okay, good. And are you in that part of your heart space where you're, you're in that space of peace? I am in, I am Oh, yeah. Excellent. Okay, so then let's begin. So I want you to make it your intention to feel your own energy. If you make it your intention, it will be so. Feel the energy of you. This is, you know, you don't have to reach for it. Allow it to arise or bubble up to you and tell me when you feel it. Okay, I can feel it. Okay. And... Now, I want you to make it your intention to feel Lyra the cat's energy. So let go of feeling you're noticing your own. Make it your intention to feel Lyra the cat's. Lyra is a female living, black-haired, short-haired cat. 
she is nine years old and she's actually right here in the room with me now as we speak so if you make it your intention to feel her energy it will be so Okay, now I want you to bounce back and forth, go, go, feel her energy, let go of it, feel yours, and then when you feel like you've done that enough so that you can give me one or two pieces of information that tells me something, tell me something that feels different or distinctive between the two. In other words, you're looking for some distinctive difference. You know, so-and-so feels this way, this energy feels that way. So bounce back and forth until you can give me at least two pieces of information. She's relaxing me. She feels more relaxed than I do. Okay, excellent. That's one. Give me one other. always wants to eat, she says. Okay, okay. Okay. She's definitely relaxing me. Okay. So how does uh, her energy as a being compare to your energy as a being? I'm sorry, say that one more time. How does her energy as a being feel compared to your energy as a being? Because every being has a different vibration. We're all kind of like a whole, you know, a different note on the scale. So when you feel her as a being, you know, as a soul, and you feel yourself as a right. being or as a soul, what's different? She feels, feel, energy feels, you know, just completely honest, you know, just, I don't know, I don't want pure, honest love, um, a lot of complex thoughts go into her I mean I don't I don't I'm not feeling like a lot of complex thoughts in her brain okay um, good now compare that to you yeah. feel yourself and I think I, I, I think she's more she feels more simple maybe and that is caught up in her mind. There you go. Nice yes. job. Yeah. Nice job. So that's a great example of you sensing energy. And it's nice to sense energy when you have something to compare it to. You know, kind of like you can't really know what the color white is unless you see some other color compared to it or next to it, right? If all you ever did was right. live in a white world, well... The, the moment you saw blue, you'd know, wow, white is white and blue is blue. But until you saw blue, you'd never know white was anything other than white. Right. So, yeah, you're sensing energy. Nice job. That's what I wanted you to do. You did great. All right, so next thing we're going to do with, with Lyra. Okay. So now, just with, I just want you to allow her energy to immerse you. To imagine that you're in the center of her energy. Allow it to wrap around you 360 degrees. She knows this exercise. 
So she knows how to do this, allow her to. And within her energy field, Tracy, I'll tell you that there's tons of information about who this being is. You know, within our all of our energy fields is information that is, you know, describes us, you know, what's true for us, etc. So I want you to see if you can sense within her energy field any information on her personality. What else? Your job is just to be an explorer, to notice whatever personality traits come your way. Well, personality, very sweet and loving. She likes to play. And she's claiming you. She owns you. I, I, I feel like her sense of ownership, she owns you. Okay. I think she could be a little bit of a diva sometimes. I don't know if she goes outdoors or, or doesn't go outdoors, but she's very interested in it. Okay. Now take, uh, a, take a notice of any information around how she is with the other three cats in the house. Oh, you have, you have three other cats? I do. Okay. Am I right about her? I'll go back and give, I'm writing everything you say down, I'll go back and give okay. you feedback afterwards. I don't want to have okay. you jump back to your brain and back and forth, so let's stay right there in the heart. I'm looking for a list. Okay. I think she... What do you feel, not what you think? Motherly, but she's... Or, or alpha. She is... Maybe the alpha cat, I guess. The... Uh, the one, the caretaker, okay. is what I'm feeling. Okay. She likes to feel it, you know, important, or she is important. Uh, and I think there might be one other cat that she might have a problem with okay. sometimes. Okay. And um, yeah. And now I'm going to have you with that last bit of accurate information while another cat she might have a problem with now and then. Um, still within sensing her energy, see if you can sense any inkling on why. You're not asking her why, you're feeling it from the energy. You're sensing whatever's there already.
I don't want to, I don't know if it's because she, she just wants to make the other cat know that she's number one to you. I want to say she's not jealous because she knows she's the top, I guess. Um, but there's definitely friction and I see, like, spats occurring. Um, the other cat is more timid and maybe came in after her. And it, is it a pecking order? Um, You're doing great. You're doing exactly what I asked, just observing. Okay, we're going to switch gears. Another question. Okay. 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 You're doing great. So go ahead and see if you can get a sense of toys she likes to play with. Toys? Mm-hmm. Okay. She, she loves a feather. Do you have a, does she have a feather? Like on a stick or something? Yep. That's her favorite toy. <laughs> really? Yep. So, so um, try not to get too excited because that pulls you up out of that neutral space because excitement is okay. an emotion. Okay. So stay okay. down. Just see, is there anything else there? Uh, I think she likes catnip. I don't know if she has a catnip toy or catnip raw. Um, I see her walking around with like a stuffed a small, like a, is it like a fish or a lamb or something? A small little. No, it's not. It's a, it's a like a rabbit fur. Mouse. Um, I see her like batting it around, throwing it around. Very good. Good. And. Um, she play with aluminum foil? Does she like aluminum foil balls? Okay. I don't know. Uh, okay. So you're doing great. I want you to stick with the raw organic. Tell me what you get. Try not to go. The, try not to engage your mind in the banter of does she like? Because that's you taking raw okay. organic information and bouncing it back up to your brain and presenting it to me. I want you to stay in that space of neutrality and present the raw organic. I see a foil ball. I see her playing with a foil ball. We'll do okay. one more. So we're good with toys. So uh, last one for her. Let me see. When she wants my attention, how does she ask for it? How does she ask for it? Well, I see her bumping against your leg if you're standing up. Um, like the, her, her, like sort of her butt bumping against your leg. I don't see her asking for it. I see her demanding it. And I think she talks to you um, in a cat in the cat in a cat way. She rubs against you. Excellent. Good. And job. she likes to be really near you and touch you. Very good. So go ahead and thank her.
because she did partake by letting you sense her energy, even though she didn't, you know, do dialogue back and forth. Thank you, Lyra. Yeah. Now, I want you to um, take a deep breath, totally let go of your awareness and connection of Lyra. Okay. And we want to, after we do any, you know, talking with an animal, or in this case, even energy work with an animal, sensing energy, you always want to make sure you are you and they are they. So you can do whatever prayer works for you, but you want to make sure you're clear. You didn't leave any of your stuff there. She didn't, you, you didn't take on any of her stuff. The way I do that purposely is I, I say the prayer of what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. And I repeat that a couple times to myself. That way I'm telling the universe I take responsibility for my own stuff and I give her her own stuff back. It's called clearing yourself between clients. Make sense? Tracy? Oh, I can't hear you anymore. Are you there? Um, did you mute yourself accidentally? Okay, so let's do this. Uh, Tracy, if you can still hear me, jump off the call and call back in to the call in line, and I will do the same. Tracy, can you hear me? Okay, so plan B. I'm going to let the recording keep going. I know you'll eventually be listening to this. Uh, I am going to go out to my office and get your phone Call you at home instead. See if that works. Tracy, can you hear me? I can hear you. Would you think, was that your phone or my phone or the? I'm not sure. I think it was the, the conference line service, which is very strange because that doesn't normally happen. Okay. Um, but that's okay. So let's uh, let's go ahead and just finish what what I was saying. So um, what's mine is mine. What's yours is yours is a nice clearing okay. statement that you can offer. Um, it's a prayer to the divine, if you will, so that every individual being gets their own stuff back and you're not transferring any of that. Okay. okay, I got you on that. I did that. Yeah. Now, let me go ahead and give you feedback. You did really nice. So I'm going to show you, tell you what's right on and that what doesn't quite match her. Again, this is for you to develop that sensitivity. So personality. She is very sweet. It's true. She's loving. She does like to play. Yeah, the claiming of me as if she owns me. Um, she is... It's not like a dog owns a bone kind of sensation, but it's more around the lines of she does see me as, you know, she mommies me. She is uh, the caretaker of me. She is here to help me in this lifetime. She's one of my big teachers. So that totally makes sense to me, claiming me or owning me. Yes, she can be a diva sometimes. It's, you know, um, diva as in uh, she likes things her way kind of thing. She's not a pushover cat. She likes things hers way. She can right. sometimes be a bit black and white about it. Interesting. 
Interested in the outdoors is true for her, so there was a time in her young adult life where I had her as an indoor-outdoor cat. These days, she's indoor only. However, since we moved into this house with a nice fenced-in backyard in this, you know, this past month, she has great interest in sitting in front of the, front of the screen door. She's not asking at this point to go out, um, but she has great interest in the outdoors. So this is true. Regarding the other three cats, um, her being alpha cat certainly makes sense. She is the stronger one of all of them. I mean, they're all older, you know, oh. in the older range. So is she. She's nine years old. I've got two 14-year-olds and a seven-year-old. Um, she is the more outgoing uh, and physically able and strong compared to the other three. So the cat that she has some friction with, this is true. Um, there's many reasons for the friction. However, it's not about jealousy. So again, that's accurate too. It's more about the other cat is timid and puts on that prey kind of um, energy. And so Lyra just is like, oh, you're going to act like that? Well, I'm big and strong. And so, you know, they kind of engage in that predator-prey kind of model at times. So okay, it's, I got... I thought I mentioned Tim, the other cat. I thought I saw the other cat being timid, but I didn't understand why. Yep, you don't have to understand why. That is okay. accurate. Yep, because uh, you just need me give me the raw organic. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep, so okay. you got it. You don't have to make heads or tails of it. You just give it to me. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, so sometimes they engage in that. There is a pecking order as far as, you know, from Lear's point of view, this is true. So um, in that bit, there's really nothing off. In personality, you got you got really everything right. So toys, feather on a stick is her favorite toy, and we have that here in the house. Yes, she has a catnip toy. So it's not stuffed um, it's stuffed in a lamb, but what you said was right, the stuffed fish. You said it was a stuffed fish, maybe a lamb. Um, so yes, it's fish shaped. It is a catnip toy. It's polka dotted. She loves to carry it around. Um, the rabbit for a mouse. I'm wondering if you're you're sensing that as a separate toy that we used to have. It was, you know, I used to buy. I don't anymore, but I used to buy the little toy mouse for cats, mice for cats that has the fake fur on it. Yeah. Um, so she has had that in the past. So she has a memory of. Yes, I still like that, even though she doesn't have that anymore. She does bat these things around, and yes, I've given her aluminum foil balls to play with numerous times. Oh, you yeah. have. I am shocked right now. It's a cheap toy. <laughs> You're doing great. So, um, attention. Yes, she does get her uh, my attention by bumping against my leg. It, very interesting that you said she really demands it more than asks for it. Yes, she can be very pushy, both with me as well as the other animals. Um, mm. So, I get where the demand is coming from. Um, you know, she she talks talks to me in a cat-like way. So she does use her vocal cords on occasion to let me know that she's there. She does rub up against me. She likes to be near me. Um, she is a lap cat. I know you didn't mention that, but she's very... She um, likes to be close to me. And it's interesting. It's always me. It's never my husband. It's not the other animals. It's not visitors or guests so much. Although on occasion, it's me. She's always interested in what you're doing and wanting to be near you. and Yes. Like you, like you just said, your teacher, protector. She's here to help me. Like you just said. Wow. Excellent. I'm shy, completely in shock. <laughs> you did great. 
and that is just through sensing energy. So what we're going to do from class two and on is instead of going into the energy field and sensing, which sure you can sense information there, but that's not really animal communication. Communication, animal communication is a dialogue, a Q&A, Q&A, back and forth, back and forth with the animal. And that's what owners are at, or clients, you know, that may hire you in the future are after. They're after, well, if I ask this, what do they say? If I ask that, what do they say? Okay, oh. they don't want you to go in the energy field and just tell you all about the pet because you know what? They already know about their pet. (laughs) They want to know, well, why does he do this or that? And so it's a lot quicker sometimes and easier to actually, you know, just ask them directly. But I wanted to have you do this exercise because A, you've probably never done anything like it before with any other communicator. No, never. Yep, and that's why I like to have you do it with me because you can go in fresh and there's no preconceived notions. Um, You guys, just as beginners, you all do so well at this. And to know that this right here is basically the same thing we're going to do when we communicate with them in dialogue. The only difference, the only small difference is instead of putting your focus on the animal's energy field to allow the answers to arrive to you, is you'll put the um, focus on the cat themselves and allowing their answers to arrive to you. So it's just a change in focus. Okay. And just like you can change your focus from being behind your brain to being in your heart space, that's just as easy to switch. You just choose. You choose a place. So choosing is very simple. So there's not going to be anything challenging or difficult in communicating that's any more so than what you just did today. You're just changing your focal point. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Excellent. Well, we are set for today. She's very good, and I thanked her. Oh, very good. Nice. She knows it, though. Oh, yes, she does know it. She said, I know. know. (laughs) Yep, she knows she's very good. She works with the students. It's great. So do you have any questions before we end for today? No. No, I, um, I'm going to definitely check out the homework because I want to, you know, read through. You know, I read what you mentioned about reading, if there's homework or any exercises to do. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you for accommodating my doctor's appointment on Friday. Yeah. Um, That is really helpful. I mean, I could really, I probably will be home right around like 11. So four o'clock is fine. If if you want to do it earlier, you let me know. I'll be here, you know, all day. Okay. Yeah. Let's stick to that time only because I'm starting to have clients booking around that time slot. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine with me. But if I wanted to let you know that if anything changed, Okay. I'm here and I'm I'm here like every day just about. So I'm really pretty flexible. All right. Excellent. Well, pat yourself on the back. You did fantastic. And if you're wanting to do, you know, just um, not on the homework uh, page itself, but just a simple exercise, I would invite you between now and when we next talk, just a few days, go ahead and spend some time hanging out in the neutral space. Okay. Hang out in the neutral space when you're sitting and relaxing on the couch, no distractions. And challenge yourself and see if you can hang out in the neutral space as somebody's talking to you or as you've got TV on. Can you still be in that neutral space <laughs> while life is happening on around you? Right. Okay? Okay. <laughs> we'll do that. Excellent. We'll do that. Thank you. It was a really great hour. It flew by, and um, I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. All right. You have a great day, Tracy. Thanks, and I'll talk to you Friday. Okay. okay. Sounds okay. good. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.